Hey everybody, welcome into episode 8 of the Haven Podcast, this week's TV film-focused episode. As always, you could be listening to anything else in the world, but you're listening to me right now, and I appreciate that. Hope everyone's having a tremendous work week, and hope I can keep you entertained for about 30 minutes or so to close out your Friday and head into an awesome weekend. So real quick, just a recap of what we have on today's episode. On the docket, we got some RoboCop news... We also have some Game of Thrones news, gotta love that, about the prequel that series that they're starting to do, um, and then a couple of quick tidbits and notes on Deadpool 2, Avengers, The Infinity War, Shazam photo coming out, and then some other quick news about the new, well, it's kind of newish, but it's confirmed, uh, standalone Joker movie that they're starting to film, so... Um, also, last but certainly not least, very excited to share with you guys, I think this is going to be like my first semi-review that I'm doing of a major movie that's come out for the summer season, and that's going to be my impressions of Ant-Man and the Wasp. Got a chance to see it this past Monday morning and what have you. So um, I'm going to do my best to stay away from spoilers if there's going to be any. They're going to be really minor, really tiny. I will also give a heads up going into that segment as well so if you haven't seen it yet i want you to be completely surprised um or you just don't want to hear anything about it personally uh that works and i'll make sure to give a heads up before we start that portion of it these movies i know i'm biased about it i love these films especially what marvel's doing superhero wise it's it's just one of those things that even the best storyteller i don't think can paint the picture and do it justice of just to see and feel that energy and that experience on screen that you get with these movies. So, um, shortcut version of it, highly recommend it. And, but I'll get into more details towards the end of this episode about my overall thoughts and how I felt about it. So that's what's on plan. So let's jump into it. You guys, uh, first bit of news, we got a new RoboCop movie. I'm going to be completely honest. I had no fucking idea. They were actually trying to develop this, let alone they were close to actually picking a director so the tentative title that I've seen online up, and this is per deadline, is it's called RoboCop Returns, Neil Blokamp of District 9 fame, and the canceled Halo movie is set to direct. Neil Blokamp's interesting to me because he's still a younger guy, and for those that have seen like his short films, some of his commercials, his leaked stuff, or not leaked, I think he put it out of like what he was thinking about doing with the Halo movie. Um, I think I mentioned District 9 are just, they're fucking amazing. So he did some stuff. I think he did Elysium, that one movie with Matt Damon. That was fine. Like, I saw it in theaters. I wish I saw it on Netflix, to be honest with you. And then Chappie, I was just like, uh, what the fuck is this movie? This is pretty racist. Um, other than that, he, so I know he's kind of moved on where he's actually running his own little mini production company, I think now. And he has been for a while where their focus is smaller budgeted, um, kind of short stories and they pretty much take on anything it doesn't necessarily have to be a movie it can be a little short tv show animation video games etc so i've seen a lot of his work and he still seems like the dude has that eye for it like he has the talent so i think i think this might work and this got me pretty excited and again i'm biased towards him i think he's an awesome director he has a lot of untapped potential and what have you so i wonder if the district nine fame and success i wouldn't say went to his head but i think with a lot of these younger guys that come into the industry when they're able to strike gold as they did on their very first film their second like their follow-up is not 
usually tends not to be very good. Um, and that kind of, and maybe they just have like freelance to just do anything and everything they want. They have really no checks and balances, which can be tough. Um, I think you still need to kind of reel it in. We saw it with what's his face, uh, Josh Trank as a good example. He did the Chronicle movie with Michael B. Jordan, which was fucking amazing. And then this guy, they gave him a fantastic four stick and he just lost his shit on set. Um, and there's tons of other examples you can go through of first time directors that hit gold and that second movie, it could just be the pressure. It could just be bigger, everything that they have to deal with. And there's no one to really rein them back. So I just think when it comes to filmmaking, you've got to have a balance, especially with the younger, you know, kind of director, because these second movies tend to be, you know, vastly bigger, not just in scope, but budget of that first movie. And that shit can be overwhelming, you know, when you have to freaking run this giant set with so many people. And these are all people that are, you know, are vets of the industry. They're like, hey, some young 20 year old punk is, you know, giving me orders over here to do and everything. And if you're not on top of it, I don't think anyone's going aggro, you know, like the cinematographer. It's like, fuck you and do my own thing. I don't think it's that. I think it's. But you got to stay on top of people. You have to be in charge of them and and get make the movie that you want to make, and that can be really overwhelming and what have you. So, um, some other little news about it, which I was kind of stoked about. The two original writers of the original RoboCop um, are actually producing and executive producing this film, and they I think wrote the first draft of the script. So that's pretty that's pretty awesome. Um, Justin Rhodes. Then I found out who actually co-wrote the new Terminator script. Uh, for Tim Miller and James Cameron, the uh, new Terminator reboot that's coming out. He's actually currently writing the latest uh, version of the script right now. So um, a lot of good talent. I'm just like, I'm I'm cautious. Actually, no, I'm optimistic about this. Like, I'm, I'm getting a little excited. So, um, and I think for Neil Blokamp, him coming now and this being, I wouldn't say like a major Hollywood movie. Like, I don't think they're going to just give him any budget and anything like that. I still think it's going to be focused and in scope, which you know, is great. Um, to this day, the original Robocop is hands down one of my favorite fucking films of all time. It is so brilliant in so many ways. Cause on the surface level, it can come off as like this cheesy eighties Hollywood movie. And it's in certain regards, it's kind of like that. But if you're paying attention, they lean into it, but then they do like, they have scenes, they have lines in the movie that is so thought provoking. And, yeah, I'm saying that about a fucking 80s movie about a guy who's a cop that becomes a robot cop. Um, it sounds ridiculous, but that's what fucking awesome filmmaking is, and that's what that movie is. So they did the reboot, what was it, four years ago in 2014 with, uh, what's his face? That guy, he was, uh, he's on that Netflix show that's like a poor man cyberpunk. Um, and then he was on The Killing, which was, that was a great show on AMC. Um, he, he's an awesome actor. I really like him, actually, depending on the role. Um, that movie was fucking, it, I, I see what they were trying to do and they just didn't hit the mark, you know, but I'm, I'm, I'm actually really excited for this. I think Neil Blokamp, this is going to be his like, all right, you guys like fuck everybody. I'm going to make a kick-ass film that you thought I was maybe washed up or I can't do this on a big scale or bigger scale than what I've been doing lately. So I'm actually fucking kind of, I'm, I'm, I'm stoked for this movie. Like, I think this is going to be pretty rad. So, um, RoboCop returns. Um, no idea yet, like, what the story is going to be or when they're going to start filming. Like I said, they're still working on the script. So, I'm sure Blokemp will hook up with this Rhodes guy and 
look over what he has and give some ideas and thoughts if he hasn't already. Otherwise, I don't know why they would have chosen him. But no, I think it's a really, really it's, it's going to be fun, man. I think that's going to be super sweet. So uh, moving on to Game of Thrones. Oh, fuck, I miss this show, man. Um, the final season of Game of Thrones uh, premieres next year. I took the year off to film these last couple episodes. Um, but on top of that, HBO did Greenlight, and they're actually going to start filming in Belfast this September the prequel series um, to Game of Thrones that we know now. It's tentatively titled The Long Night, and per George Martin, the creator, it will take place 10,000 years before the Game of Thrones television series that we're currently experiencing right now. This shit's coming. Like, I think it was, what, a, a couple months ago that it leaked out. I think it was Hollywood Reporter did it, where we had, I think, like, eight or nine different, like, squads or teams of people working on Game of Thrones series, um, some being prequels, some being sequels. And just off the beaten path kind of thing. This is great. Like Game of Thrones is an amazing universe. It's like on that level for me with Star Wars. Um, so I say, hey, more of it. You know, I don't know. Are all these going to be great and cool? No, there's going to be some stinkers in there. There's going to be some episodes even of the good series that we get that are probably going to suck. But, you know, even looking at this past season of Game of Thrones, it's... I think you see the, the showrunners running into this issue of like, okay, fuck, how do we wrap up this juggernaut this phenomenon for people around the world and i think with game of thrones this past season there was a couple episodes where it's like okay guys let's go let's like let's pick it up like we gotta start fucking tying some knots and you know connecting some shit and it kind of was like whoa slow down let it breathe a little bit um that doesn't mean i'm any less excited for this upcoming season of game of thrones and the news of this hey as long as it's the same level of amazing that they've done with this show i'm all for it man like fucking give me more game of thrones in my life like i'm all for it you want to hbo wants to have like two three series running per season or per year fuck yeah dude sign me up like take my money kind of thing so moving on to some of uh, the quick note section we have some news of confirmed uh, deadpool 2 super duper expletive cut coming out the laundry list is is probably it's basically a tease of like hey what's going to come out on the blu-ray and digital release when it finally does come out um is this going to be a longer cut they did have some stuff where they're like hey we're gonna do kind of director's commentary stuff and ryan reynolds is gonna give his two cents i personally thought deadpool 2 was an average movie at best it was not on the same like i thought the first one was good i didn't understand like the 90% plus Rotten Tomato score though, but hey, it was focused. I thought Tim Miller did an amazing job and Ryan Reynolds played the character super duper well. It was a lower budget film and I thought they just squeezed as much as they could with what they had. So you know for the sequel they're going to go a little bit bigger, which is, I understand that, that's fine. I just thought that, hey, you know, this is what happens you know, FYI to Hollywood when you go full Ryan Reynolds, it kind of gets out of hand a little bit. So I'm usually not a big fan of director's commentary, depending on the movie, I should say. Like I can listen to director's commentary from Coppola about The Godfather every fucking day, all day. Um, but this one I'm actually curious about to see why they made the decisions and choices they did. And we'll see how decent the commentary is, see how much detail they go into, or if it's just kind of lip service with certain stuff that they want to do, where it's going to be like, oh, we did this for the for the superhero fans out there. We thought they might like this little Easter egg and what have you. So, um, But speaking of incredible superhero movies, Avengers Infinity War, we 
officially have a Blu-ray and a digital release, people. So fucking excited. I've been waiting for this. I think, like, not even a week after the movie originally came out. Um, Avengers The Infinity War comes out digitally to own on July 31st. The Blu-ray edition will be August 14th. They have a laundry list of, like, extra features they're doing. So they have, like, a segment they have where it's a 30-minute roundtable with... Um, a handful of the directors, Josh Whedon's there, the Russo brothers, um, forgetting his name, the guy that directed Thor Ragnarok, um, and then who else? Oh, Ryan Coogler from Black Panther fame, and um, the Ant-Man director as well. So I'm really excited to see that. This thing is, there's not going to be a director's cut on this, unfortunately. There is going to be a shit ton of deleted scenes, I'm sure. I cannot wait to see those and just see what was cut from the movie for time or for pacing um so yeah i'm just so excited i'm just gonna deep dive into all the special features right off the bat on july 31st and then i'm gonna rewatch the movie probably on repeat because i just i fucking love that film that oh my god it was so good uh, moving on also the next quick note we have a shazam photo like not leak it's officially put out by the studio cool um shazam actually thinks a fucking awesome character for those that may not know it's about this boy named billy batson he comes across um a wizard in a subway who gives him the shazam powers where he turns into this dude and this ridiculous red and yellow costume with a yellow thunderbolt on his chest and basically the guy has like fucking superman powers right but it's he has the mindset of this child billy batson who's a young boy the idea and the concept of Shazam, you know, or Captain Marvel. I, I love that character. So it was really disappointing to have them announce this movie that they're making it, and I have no expectations, no hype for it whatsoever. Um, from the photos that I've seen of the official costume, he looks kind of fucking ridiculous. And I mean, the director and some of the people around the project have said, like, oh, no, we wanted to lean into that and everything. I mean, I love they gave him the short cloak. That's very Golden Age superhero. It's a nice little touch. I'll give him that. But the rest of the costume just looks like... The costume, the fucking logo of the movie, it looks like something from the CW. And I was just like, uh But in the photo itself, it's him, Shazam. Um, I think it's, it's Zachary Levine, I think they casted to play the role. He is sitting there outside of a convenience store with like a 12-pack of soda underneath his arm. And his uh, best friend, who's a child in the movie, obviously... Is they're right next to they're just chugging cola so that was kind of a cool little nod of like oh, okay you're staying to the roots of the character so that's, that's good to see i just i don't know what the end game is i don't know how this is going to connect and again certain stuff i've seen looks pretty cheesy uh it may work if they lean into it so i may not be as you know critical of it once i see it i'm, I'm definitely gonna go see the movie because i'm a fucking nerd but it's just like eh, okay this is you know well we'll see what happens it's, it's just it's the whole fucking Warner Brothers thing. I've talked about it before a couple podcast episodes ago. I have no excitement for any of these like DC movies, and that that's heartbreaking. But um, but speaking of heartbreaking and DC movies, um, it's confirmed that Joaquin Phoenix has signed up to play the Joker. And uh, try to bear with me. Um, in the new Joker film, it's a standalone Joker movie. It has nothing to do with the DC cinematic universe meaning Jared Leto is still the Joker in those set of movies, but this is a standalone film. 
So Joaquin Phoenix is going to play the Joker. Todd Phillips from Hangover fame is directing and he co-wrote the script. And last I heard, it hasn't been confirmed though, which I thought was kind of interesting, but Martin Scorsese is going to produce it. It looks like filming starts this September in New York. Um, yeah, it's, it's the same old shit. Like, it's like, what the fuck are they doing? They have no fucking idea. This is ridiculous. This is so confusing. And Joaquin Phoenix is an awesome actor. Like, I've seen a lot of his shit and I really like it. So, yeah, I want to see what his Joker is going to be like, but, like, you know, uh, I don't know. It's just, there's no excitement there for this. Like, they're doing standalone movies, and they're still trying to do movies that connect. Like, have a fucking plan. Like, you know, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and rant and rave five minutes about my thoughts on, you know, Warner Brothers. I've done that a couple episodes, you know, ago on that. So, if you want to hear another good DC rant or Warner Brothers about their movies, just go take a listen to that. Um, but yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens, but this, but the thing is too, and I thought about this, I wonder how this is going to work. Cause I know it's a smaller budget, which, you know, is good, but is anyone fucking clamoring for a standalone Joker movie? Like I'm not really seeing too much of that. I know a lot of like the hot topic shoppers were like, I need to see that Harley Quinn and you know, Joker movie. And it's like fucking really dude. Uh, okay. I mean, Suicide Squad was a shit film for a lot of reasons at the end of the day, when these characters work, whether it's in comics, movies, or TV, there's one common denominator, and that's Batman. I Unless they have a surprise in here, Batman's not in this film. So, Batman can work solo, he can work with other rogue, or other characters from his rogue gallery, because they're fucking so good, and then he works extremely well with the Joker. Um, because it's yin and yang, it's black and white, it's perfect, but it's more complex than just polar opposites, and that's the beauty of the Joker-Batman dynamic. So I, I'm, I, I don't know how this movie is going to work without an awesome Batman involved and what have you. So we'll see what happens. Now on to so I'll give you guys about ten seconds spoilers here, possible minor spoilers coming up, giving my impressions of Ant Man and the Wasp. So if you want to know nothing about the film whatsoever or you want to avoid any possible minor spoilers, pause it, go see the movie, come back and listen, or just shut it off. I appreciate you listening. If uh, you're like, ah, I ain't waiting for that. So um, so if you're one of those folks, have a great weekend. I appreciate you listening to the first 18 minutes. So with that said, let's jump into Ant-Man and the Wasp. So I saw it this past Monday morning. Um, movie was good. Um, I would give it a solid B. This is one of those Marvel movies where it's like Marvel does it again in terms of not fucking up their own stuff. And I don't mean to say like, oh, they didn't fuck it up, meaning the movie's just fine. It's a good film. At the end of the day, this is a guy that talks to fucking ants. So, I mean, the fact that they're able to make even a good movie based off of that type of character, I think is just a tip of another tip of the hat to marvel and it's like you guys got your shit figured out and locked in so i'm going to kind of break down my impressions and slight review of it and just some of the stuff that i look for in a movie story-wise it was the one thing i will say about ant-man and the wasp story-wise they did what i hoped they would do and they kept it focused meaning the focus is on ant-man the focus is on the wasp and not only their relationship, but also with those around them. It's centered on those characters. There is a huge, strong narrative, too, with throughout the movie with an emphasis on family and how important that is. And 
I really enjoyed that aspect of it. They didn't do the cliche like, oh, this supervillain's trying to destroy the world. And they didn't try to oh, like make the story about connecting to the Avengers or Thanos or anything like that, which they could have easily done um, because people are going in just, you know, literally the last Marvel movie people saw was the Infinity War. So they have a lot of questions. So story-wise... I liked how focused it was just on this character and, and his surroundings and her character and her surroundings and the relationships around them as well as the, the emphasis on family. Uh, movie was shot really, really well. The pacing was good. I didn't think it got too boring. I didn't think it was like, God, slow it down, you guys. Like, I'm going to throw up over here in terms of like, I can't can't take in everything you're throwing at me. Um, but yeah, the movie was shot really, really well. Um, good lighting. There was never anything, any scenes that I could recall where I was like, fuck, what is going on on screen? I've, it wasn't like the Black Panther end fight where him and Kill get together at the end and they're like battling it out underneath the Wakanda surface by like the vibranium tram station where it was so fucking dark. I'm like, can someone just brighten up the scene, please? Like, I can't see what the fuck is going on. Um, it wasn't anything like that. Everything's on screen right there in front of you. There's no like, oh, like... There's no weird, like, shaky cam up close where you're like, who's fighting who? What like, And what are they doing? Are they hugging? Are they fighting? I don't know. It, there was none of that. They pulled the camera back, real focus, keep it in the middle of the screen. So they did a really good job with that. CGI-wise, they, they did really good. Um, there was nothing that I can recall CGI-wise where I was like, oh, gosh, this looks horrible. This is so cartoony. Did you guys, like, run out of budget or... You got, like, the intern to do the CGI work on their MacBook. It wasn't like... There was nothing like Black Panther, again, referring to that end part. And I think, like, oh, like, in Black Panther, when they're sitting there and... Um, Black Panther is going to be, like, challenging people. And they had the weird fucking crowd that was all cartoony and just looked awful and so horrible. And I think the running joke was, like, they pulled all the good CGI people in the budget for Infinity War. Um... There wasn't anything like that in the movie where it just was cartoony or you're just like, what the fuck is this? Like, they ran out of budget. Nothing like that. Um, or even like the Hulk and the Hulkbuster um, uniform, or the Hulkbuster, what's it called, suit in Infinity War when they're getting ready to do the final battle on Wakanda where you just see Bruce Banner's head, you know, pop out and it's like, y'all are screwed now. And it's just like, oh, God, this looks horrible. There's nothing. There was no weird CGI twerks that I picked up in the movie. Um, overall acting was really good. It, it's Paul Rudd, man. Like I, I fucking cannot remember a, the last time I saw a movie or anything that he was in that I was like, oh, he sucks. Like he doesn't give a shit. He did a really good job. Like he, he knows that character and he plays into it and does his own thing with it too. And it's definitely made it his own. Um, on some of the brighter notes that like, they're not to me, they weren't good. They were great. Evigen, I think Evigen Lily, who plays the Wasp, she so she's in the first one, more of like a supporting character almost. She was fucking awesome in this movie. Like she stole the show, um, or stole the movie. She was so so good. Like I'm not sitting there and saying like I want a, a Wasp spinoff movie now. I'm not. I'm not going to be that person. She was just great though. She definitely stole the scene she was in. I wanted to see more of her, and her interactions with everyone I thought were good, and then the action scenes oh my god they do stuff action wise i haven't seen done in a movie and it's right there in front of you so cool like there's a scene i think it's in the trailer where she's fighting a group of guys and it goes from like a hotel lobby 
into uh, how can or into a kitchen and there's one guy running and then she throws a salt shaker at the door and blows it up or and you know enlarges it so it blocks path and he runs into it I mean, there's stuff like that, and there's even more that they didn't show in the trailer of her action set pieces where she's just fucking kick-ass. Like, she just sells it really well. Her costume was really, really sweet-looking. I would like them to see kind of redo Ant-Man's costume. It's getting kind of... It it got kind of cartoony. Not cartoony. It got kind of cheap-looking to me in comparison when he's on screen next to her because I just thought her costume with like the fucking wings and everything and the blasters was really really cool and they did an awesome job with that Uh, I think that's kind of like my big takeaways from it Um, solid B I will say so story wise this movie takes place right after Civil War so this shows and tells you why you know where Ant-Man was after he was captured and he makes a deal with the government Um, He's on house arrest, so that's kind of where Ant-Man and the Wasp start and, you know, goes from there. The end credit scene, there's two of them. So the very first one they show after, like, or they call it the mid-credit scene, after they do, like, the really nice splashy credits, you know, um, it pops in right away. So I'm not going to spoil anything, but it does explain, A, where Ant-Man was and what he was doing in regards to why he wasn't involved with the Avengers in any capacity for the Infinity War when Thanos is on Earth. And then connecting to that, they have like a throwaway line they do before the scene kind of wraps up that I think gives away and explains what direction they're going for Avengers 4 and how they're going to beat Thanos. So, again, I don't want to go too much into it, but it, it was really, it was so simple, and I'm like, oh, shit, okay, gotcha. And then afterwards, like a day later, my head's running with thoughts of like, fuck, does that mean this? Does that mean that? Oh, shit, is that how they're going to do it, you know? So I thought that was really cool. And then the second end credit scene after the big laundry crawl, you know, just I would say for those people, fucking wait until like the DVD to see it or something. It's not it's not worth staying for. It's it's pretty fucking lame. It's like 10 seconds and it starts off kind of cool and I was like, "Oh shit, you know." And then the way they wrapped it up, I was just kind of like, "Okay, that's just your cornball Marvel." Like, "Haha, we're funny." And uh speaking of funny too, I wanted to touch on it. I saw so many people say like this is the funniest Marvel movie yet. I mean, it has some of your like Marvel jokes that they do, but they're, I didn't, I think I didn't walk away like, Oh God, joke overload. Not like age of Ultron where it didn't fit. It felt like for the most part, every joke they had in it worked within the, the setting of that scene. You know what I mean? When it needed to be a, maybe a little bit more emotional or it's like, Oh no, this is heavy. They didn't try to undercut it. Like they did with age of Ultron. Um, they do have some scenes where it could go super dark and then they throw a joke in there that plays out and it's like oh okay this works though with the level of darkness you're trying to throw into this and everything like that so i thought the jokes were well placed again i didn't really there's a lot there's more chuckles and i think outright laughter as far as jokes go so it wasn't anything where i was just like keeling over like oh my god this is amazing so yeah it's not overly funny so i'm not sure what people were kind of seeing i don't know if they saw a different version than i did but yeah it's like your typical level of marvel jokes that they put in the movie so 
Anyways, so yeah, that's my final thoughts and somewhat review for Ant-Man and the Wasp. If you haven't seen it, yeah, go see it. You can go pay full price for it and not be angry afterwards. It's a fun fucking movie. I throughout the entire movie and walking out, I had a smile on my face. Um, and then, yeah, so go see it, but I almost forgot. The villains. So, I'm a big fan of villains. I think they move any any story forward and they can do the villains were very very generic again the villain there's two of them in it neither one of them have the like oh i'm gonna take over the world or i'm gonna destroy it kind of thing i I didn't get that feeling they didn't do that at all in fact the one villain ghost and you've seen her in the trailer she has like that sweet kind of ghost in the shell off-white suit that she wears her story is kind of cool in how they do it it just there wasn't really a payoff for me too much they could have you know jumped in and really dived in a little bit more i thought with her and really flush it out but i think she's a for you know she's forgettable like you know there's nothing at the end of the day where it's like oh yeah i can't wait to see more uh more of the ghost come back and you know be in the sequel of the ant-man like i i, I didn't really get that so that's it promise that's my finale notes on ant-man and the wasp but yeah definitely go see it solid b movie it, it's it's really i just had a lot of fun with it um, big smile on my face. So, all right, guys, that's going to do it for me for this episode. As always, thank you for listening. If you want to get involved in the podcast, feel free to hit up our f- uh, official email and Instagram for the podcast links in the description down below. If you'd like to help the podcast grow, um, go ahead and share it with folks who you think might be into it, as well as subscribe, comment, rate, all that bullshit and jazz um, for the podcast itself. All right, that's going to do it for me, you guys. Hope you all have a great weekend, and I will talk to you guys this upcoming Monday. Take care.